2: Hello and welcome to The Parenthood. Like it or not, our children are guinea pigs, growing up with the new phenomenon of social media shaping their lives, their relationships, their friendships, and their sense of self. It's something that they're having to navigate before they have the maturity to interpret it in a sensible way. And because it's something we were never faced with, it's not something we can draw from our own experience on. Our children are the first generation who have to grow up navigating this bewildering, confusing, and often perilous world. Now, this isn't a problem that's going to be solved by sticking our heads in the sand. I believe it's our duty as 21st century parents to arm ourselves with as much knowledge about the effects of social media on our children so that we can teach them how to live in this volatile world. It's a big subject. So joining me today, I've got two people whose careers revolve around supporting families through tough times. Dr. Kiara Hunt, co-founder of this podcast, and Family GP, sees families experiencing tension and challenges around this on a daily basis. Hello, Kiara. Hello. And I've also got Leah Ewens, a child and adolescent psychotherapist who's taken a special interest in the effects that social media has on young people and what we as their families and broader society can do to help them. Leah, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So I sort of wanted to start with both of you just sort of understanding how you're seeing social media and the sort of issues manifesting in itself in in young children. Leah, what do you see? Do you obviously see children when obviously their parents are worried enough for them to seek professional advice? Mm. What are your concerns about social media and children?
3: Ooh, so many concerns. I think it's almost overwhelming to think about. I think my main concern is the amount of anxiety that it, that it creates in, in young people and that it's not just, you know, you'd think maybe adolescents would come to me with, the, with their issues around social media, but actually I'm finding even younger children. And what do you um, mean, what sort
4: of age
2: when you say even younger children?
3: Well, I children? think we're seeing children from the age of eight yeah, having access to phones. Yeah, I certainly see that sort of
4: age group. And what's quite interesting is I think you see patients who have been referred. I'm often seeing patients, it's as part of another consultation, and the parents will often be quite anxious about it. And they'll bring it up as a sort of side question of, oh, my, my mm. eight-year-old, is, that, is it okay for her to have her an Instagram account? Or, you mm. know, I'm a bit worried about the amount my son plays on his you know interactive computer games and you start having those conversations that the parents themselves are actually already quite anxious mm. about or that hasn't yet caused a problem mm. and
2: Kiara I mean obviously you know, if children have an Instagram account or playing games, that doesn't necessarily mean it's having a negative impact on them. But do you seeing a negative impact on some children?
4: Yeah, absolutely. I have lots of children who are quite active on devices, not necessarily social media, who have a very positive relationship with it and, and where it isn't causing a problem or where actually the parents are quite involved. But obviously you see children that you're a bit more worried about who go into themselves and away mm. from their family in that supportive environment because they're getting into this different world, mm. which often the parents have no idea about. And mm. that's, the, that's the scary thing.
3: And it's such an enticing world. You know, mm. it's a, a fantastic world that is designed for you to get lost in. And you do. You do get lost in this world. And it's so much more interesting than homework. Mm-hmm. or having to help set the table, or having a conversation with mum and dad. Mm. So it's really easy to actually get lost in that. And then there are all sorts of then effects on your brain, on your social development, on your emotional development that could then, you know, it could be a snowball effect that could happen quite quickly. And I think because you mentioned there is an anxiety in the parents also about, ah, I'm hearing all this, all the negative inf- effects, and, you know, gaming addiction, etc. I think that's then it, it you know parents don't always know what
4: to do mm-hmm. to help that and to help prevent that snowball effect yeah. and some of them are very much i'm not going to let my child anywhere near a device <sighs> and that i don't think is the best way to go either mm. and others say well in this world it, it, we're all on our devices all day every day it's something they've never not known <sighs> they've got to learn how to how to cope with and interact with uh, that world Tricky, difficult one really really tricky and 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 people often think social media you know there's that that is a big step I'm actually going to allow my child onto a social media account but actually I'm sure you see as well there's lots of There's lots of ways they can be interacting socially in that world without having a social media account, even just through Mm -hmm. some of the gaming that they do, where they are gaming with other people, where they are interacting, where where the communication can be affecting their self esteem or their sense of self, Mm. well before they have their own accounts. Mm. And do you think that I mean often there are underlying issues, and you know,
2: a a certain personality is going to find something that that will uh, you know essentially entice them into sort of addiction, or they've got low self esteem anyway, or there are other other sort of issues going on do you find that this is affecting children with underlying problems or actually that it's affecting children from very stable families because social media and the world of devices is such a new and such an enticing phenomenon that actually children from very stable families are experiencing problems as well mm,
3: absolutely I think we're all we're all vulnerable to it even us as adults you know and I think because partly it has it's working with the, the reward system in our brain and lots of dopamine is being released in our brain so it's Making us want to go back to it over and over. It's a little bit like, you know, when you were a child and you go down to the fridge, open it, see if there's anything in there that that somebody's prepared for you, nothing's in there, close the fridge, go back upstairs, and you think, hey, I'm gonna go back down. Ten minutes later, maybe by now, <laughs> somebody's made something delicious in the fridge for me. Go back down, open it, still nothing. That 's the reward system that 's being triggered, and this is what 's happening with social media and there's little red notifications and you know you want to you keep wanting to go back and so that's that 's a part of all of our brains, so I think we 're all vulnerable to it even just on that level mm. and I think yeah, socially it does attract probably you know more vulnerable children, maybe children who might be. Described as introverts might find it easier at first to interact on social media rather than face-to-face. And that can be helpful to then have a face-to-face relationship with somebody. So that's a positive. But I think, you know, we're all, we're all drawn to it. And that's where we're all communicating now. And it's, it's too easy to feel that you'll miss out if you're not on it. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, we're finding, and I'm finding also in, in the therapy room, more and more adolescents and young children wanting to leave social media. But it's really hard to... But studies are showing that actually more and more are wanting to leave it because they're finding that it's just taking too much time away from their, their homework, their school. It's impacting that, but also the drama that unfolds, of friendships, and they just want out.
4: And even relationships, you know, you've got teenagers who are, who have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. And, you know, before, you know, in our generation, you, you, if you were going to break up with someone, you'd have a conversation about it. Mm. Nowadays, you just don't hear you know there's no communication yeah. on on the on the phone you know they're yeah. just they don't ghosting. like any of your likes the ghosting they, is that what it, yeah. yeah it's called yeah. ghosting yeah <laughs> you're so savvy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> know the terms here. and it's
3: unfortunate it that awful. there is a term and there is a term because it's a thing you know and adults are you know using ghosting too in the dating world and so it, it really is it, and it, it's very impactful it's very hurtful it's very harmful especially for young children whose priority at that age as teenagers is to belong to to be a part of a group. And to be liked. To be liked. Yeah. And so they're, they're extra vulnerable to such things as ghosting and suddenly being dropped without having that difficult intimate conversation.
4: And that's not just in male-female relationships, that's also in friendships, Absolutely, particularly yeah. between girls, but, but also boys. Yeah. I mean, do you see a big difference in the use of social media between the sexes, you know, in terms of boys or girls? They're, they're using it
3: equally as much yeah. in my experience. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had a patient the other day who said that her children, the book, her son, it was very much. There's lots of interaction, say on Instagram, but it's sort of the most, you know, sort of shocking picture you can take, or yeah. you know that. And yeah. whereas the girls, it will all be much more social, socially driven. I think. Yes, you know, I would try, say The boys that's are trying to difference. impress each other.
3: Yeah, they are trying to be gross yeah. and you know yeah. shock, as you say. Girls may tend to definitely think more about their appearances, but actually. I prefer not to separate too much by mm-hmm. gender because I'm seeing the same with both on either side. Mm-hmm. And I you know, I've I've worked with young boys also who struggle with their appearance and Instagram and, and Snapchat and all that is equally as important to them and they're not trying to
2: I mean, social media is a very broad term. It'd be good to just define what we're sort of talking about. I mean, for me, social media is Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Snapchat. Snapchat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've never been on Snapchat, but mm. it's, are we talking about those kind of things? Are there other things that we need to be worried about? Because that's the other thing is that I suppose parents need to be aware of what their children are on. It's so easy to download yeah. an app.
4: Yeah. But also parents who think they're really on it really often don't have a clue what's going on because the vast majority of adolescents that I talk to away from their parents have a separate account. Mm-hmm. They have two Facebook accounts. They have one that their parents know about and is all kind of doctored mm. for their parents and they have another one that their parents have no, no idea about.
3: Yeah, I think on Instagram, it's called Finster, fake Instagram account. And yeah. so they have one, you know, that's a lot more open and they'll just accept any friend requests and then they'll have a separate one that's more private and will have closer, closer friends and it'll just be a smaller group. Mm -hmm. and they and part of the conversation when I talk to them is how do you decide what's going on which account and already there there's a split in in who they think they are and who they Mm -hmm. who they're presenting to the outside world there's here's who I am on my fake Instagram account here's who and what I am on the other one and we're not we're we're wanting to work towards integrating all these different here's who I
4: am actually when social media is out of the equation (laughs)
3: exactly and so that alone creates a lot of anxiety Mm -hmm. in children hence or the anxiety that we see. It's, you know, when they, especially around adolescence, is when you start to be more aware of who am I really mm. compared to who am I out there? Who do people think I am? What about with my family, with this friend, with these boys, with these girls at school, and who am I inside? Mm. And I think things like social
4: media kind of feed into that split mm. even more. And a lot of it's also very time-consuming because it's not that they take a photo and, and post it. Mm. They take a post a, a photo and, and then will twenty photos yeah. oh, and then yeah. and then sort of run it by various friends yeah. and then edit it and yeah. then decide if they're going to put it up and then put it up and then watch it for the next hour and see how many likes they get. Mm-hmm. And then if they don't get enough, take it down and edit it again. You know, so time-consuming. And you just think if, compare that to. A generation ago, when there just wasn't any of that, what are they not doing as a exactly, result?
3: Exactly, exactly. It or consumes an...
4: so much of their time, but yeah. also
3: their energy, and mm. you know, emotionally, it's really hard. And and I've sat down and had conversations with with you know young people and said, I have this picture, I really want to post it. What do you think? And I can't just tell them what I think. It's really, you know, that what I suggest you do is just help them figure it out themselves mm-hmm. by asking all the right questions. Okay, let's imagine you did post this. What would it feel like? What do you think people might think of you? Et cetera, et cetera. So really ask the questions you then want them to ask themselves. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it is, it is very, very consuming. And, you know, I'd heard that a lot of young teenagers starting the day off posting a selfie and then waiting to see how many likes they get and that helps them decide whether they'll be wearing that on that day in school. So instead of trying to figure that out for themselves and this is what I feel like wearing today, this is who I am. It's all based on other people's opinions Mm. and that's how they start their day and
2: Mm. also I just find that when my children get home their sort of guard can come down a bit because not not because they don't love school but because when you're in a social environment with lots of people you are just a little bit more heightened and you come home and you can just yeah for and but that means that you don't have that home anymore it means you're already being judged before you've left your bed in the morning or your bedroom in the morning and that it's just
3: so hard you need a bit of time off Mm, you know that's such an important point that I think we forget is that we are now hyper connected Mm. and you know we all need as you're saying we all need some time away from connection and intimacy and relationships to just you know that solitude's really important as part of self-care and good mental and physical health Mm. also and and we don't know we don't have that anymore you know the children don't have it they're constantly conversations are never ending they're
4: ongoing Mm -hmm. at all times well that's why the 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 sort of rise of the of the tech free holiday you know that's almost the biggest value you can have on a holiday now for adults and children is to actually not be connected yeah Yeah. because we so rarely get it and Mm -hmm. we as a generation are also experiencing it for the first time Mm -hmm. so you look at, I mean, I look at the adult patients of mine and all of the anxiety and and mental health issues that have come as a result of tech Mm. for adults who were already relatively well-rounded by the time this came into their lives. So for Mm. children, for this to all be happening, you know, for children as they're growing up.
3: And not only are we, you know, adults and already,
4: you know, as you say, but also, you know,
3: if we're thinking about, the brain development and our, our prefrontal cortex is our our thinking brain and that only is fully developed really around your mid 20s yeah. so we we're, we're talking about children who aren't necessarily able to you know think ahead and plan ahead, of, oh, what impact is this going to have on me, on my friendships, etc. Because they're still developing that part of their brain. They, they may not be able to, you know, they, their inhibition maybe isn't as fully developed either. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas as adults it is, it typically would be. So again... Children in general, young people, are more vulnerable to...
2: That's why we look after our children. You know, I don't trust my children to make the right decisions to walk to school on their own. I just don't trust that they would choose to cross the road at the right time Mm. or not to get distracted by a puppy on the other side of the road. Mm. So I wouldn't do that. And it's the same thing on social media, Mm. that suddenly... You know, because every photo you post, it's there. You delete it, but it's still there. Mm. I mean, I, I, I think I'm understanding this right. Instagram actually own your photos that you post on Instagram. Is that right? Yeah. So... And that's the other thing, you know, aged, if every part of my sort of prepubescent and pubescent life had been documented. Mm. I'd be really worried about that Mm. because we all make mistakes. Mm. We all mess up, but we don't, we want to be able to forget about those mistakes, learn from them, move on. But if everyone's got their phone and is videoing things and posting things, what impact is that going to have on, you know, when you want to get a job? Because Mm -hmm. people look at your social media and the comments you've put. And what about, you know, we've we've not had a, a prime minister or someone in the media that is very, very heavily scrutinized who's grown up with social media. I mean, there are plenty of politicians and high profile people who've messed up because of comments they made 10 years ago on social media what about when they were 12 yeah. and they made an ill-judged comment yeah. you know it's going to totally change yeah. the way that they are judged by society not just in the short term but in the much longer mm. term yeah. and that's an important conversation to have with them mm. that you know you think carefully I, about. and, what and i you think that out. is the
4: bottom line isn't it it is about communicating from such an early age about about the impact of all of this and it's there Mm -hmm. you know we're not going to be able to shield our children from it and they're going to be using social media or they already are it's about helping them use it in a way that's healthy Mm -hmm. for their mind and and i suppose that's the question we need to ask is how do we as parents help them achieve a healthy relationship with social media
3: well let's start with ourselves having a healthy relationship with it you know and and I think my you know my advice is always to first look at your own how do you use your phone and social media you know we need to model that to our children and show that we're also able to put our phones away during dinner and put it in another room or not walking into the house on the phone you know children need to know that parents are always available to them because if they feel that you're not because you're looking down at your phone a lot and we all have a lot of good reason too. often, it's our work, it's we're staying in touch, we're communicating with other
4: parents, etc. Yeah, we're doing this weekly shop or we're bank Yeah, it's talk. all on
3: the phone. So we're looking down a lot, but then, the, you know, the message to our children really is that, well, we're normalizing that, we're giving permission to do that, so we can't then say, you can't do that. Yeah. But also, it means that we're less accessible to our children, they're not yeah. seeing your eyes as much, they're not finding you as accessible, and if you're not, then they're going to go back to their phones and go on Google when they need advice, yeah. because... They're not sure if you're going to be, you know, Google's going to be always accessible to them. So I think it's extra important for us to to mm. model it, to to try and be really disciplined and to ourselves. put a bit of a,
4: a routine in place or a, a sort of family rules in place that mm. this is what we we all as a family agree to do. There's what well, it might be. There's no phone in the bedroom. There might be that you know no phone at mealtime or yeah. that the, the time you know there are set times during the day, say on holidays, where we're all you know use our devices but then other times where we don't yeah
3: and and with that you know coming up with some rules or a contract whatever you want to call it maybe rules will scare them off yes but that it's something that you create together an
4: agreement an
3: agreement is a good word for it but it's something that you really come up with together so that they have some involvement and then you you negotiate and you find something that works for everybody and they're a lot Mm. more likely to to follow the agreement
2: I've heard social media described as anti-social media because I think it does really affect the way that children are socializing and learning to communicate with their peers, which is ultimately what childhood is about. Mm. It's about learning how to express your feelings, but Mm. also learning how to understand other people, which is way more than just interpreting what's coming out of their mouth. Mm. It's about reading their facial expressions. It's about little nuances in the tone of voice, which... That doesn't get conveyed through social media. I mean, someone was saying to me that, you know, it is a lot of children's relationships are now via a screen, Mm -hmm. which totally takes the face away. And I worry that there is a whole generation of children who are learning, who are basically not learning these crucial skills of communication, which I think is the most important skill we have as humans beings. I mean, if you think we as humans communicate in the most sophisticated way there is, we tell stories, we, we can emote so much better than any other animal. And that's probably the reason why we're the most sophisticated. Mm. And if they're losing this skill, then mm. that's going to be a real problem. Are you seeing that,
3: that children are losing that sort of basic communication skill Mm, I am yeah you know that it's it it seems to be even harder for for them to even start to have those conversations because you know they'll talk about talking on the phone's really intense that's talking on the phone a face-to-face feels really intense you know because they're just not getting that practice in and also, again, back to the brain, you know, there are parts of our brain that are, that are there to recognize facial expressions. That means it's important. It's a really important part of our communication. And also the face-to-face is important. You know, studies have shown that when we're speaking face-to-face, our mirror neurons, we have mirror neurons that, that get fired up, which is why when we talk to people, sometimes... We're mimicking each other's facial expressions. <laughs> we're doing that now. Which we just did. <laughs> and, and, you know, they fire up together and they synchronize. They're in sync. So when you don't have that, you know, we're disconnecting our brains. And our brains grow
4: socially, you know, with another brain. And part of that, you know, we, our worry is we've got these little children or these bigger children and you're, and you're thinking, well, you know, if they're not developing those those connections or that experience of face to face, you know, they, they are potentially going to be victims in mm. the social media environment. That's what we worry about. But actually, we need to worry just as much about them being the mean child, the one mm. who is going to put a comment on and not realise about the effect that that might have on that Classmate, who they've said that to because mm. they haven't been able to have the experience of reading their facial expressions and, and, and you know as parents I think that's just as important we have to be Gosh, aware
3: it's so you know. important and it helps to build empathy also mm. you know knowing the impact that your words are having on somebody else they may not show it to you with their words mm. but you would have been able to see it on their face mm. or on their body language mm. and mm. you know we read facial expressions at flash speed you know mm. that before you're even realising that you've mm. that the person in front of you is you know Their eyes are getting watery. You're... you're
4: Brain is already a slight slump that. of the shoulder. You know, something yeah. that will just tell you subconsciously that that yeah. person's a bit upset about what you just said or how yeah. you just behaved. And yeah. you get none of that at all when it's done via... via. Well, it's so course. much
2: easier to be say something really nasty if you're not looking at someone's mm-hmm. face. if you're And, and as well, a result... Well, you look at us in
4: cars, how we drive in cars. We're in this little bubble of mm, our own little uh, our yeah. device. And people, you know, you hear people sort of shouting things in their car to people who they can't hear. Yeah. But they they, they would yeah. never say that face-to-face. Face, yeah. You know... Yeah. Yeah, 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 oh, um, absolutely. It's, it's not that dissimilar. No,
3: you're
4: and,
2: right. And, you know, people are mean online. Mm. I mean, if, now that we have this online world, people are more critical and brutal mm. than ever before. I mean, the whole fact that we've got a new word, trolling, mm-hmm. of people just being absolutely terrible to people. Mm. And so I wonder whether it's really important for us, as well as sort of limiting social media, to also have... A conversation with our children about etiquette Mm -hmm. you know we teach them manners and we say you know you look someone in the eye and you shake them by the hand and you always say please and thank you well maybe actually it's really important that we sit down and say well when you're communicating online think about your words think about what you're saying and then we can talk about the whole ghosting thing and ignoring Mm -hmm. someone is is that's just as rude as someone talks to you face to face and you just don't respond which Mm -hmm. I mean my children would never do but it's much easier to do that online Mm
3: -hmm. yeah Yeah. I think you're right and again we're going back to communicate with your children Mm -hmm. Accept that this is this is here for all of us. You know where mm. there's another world. It's new to all of us, but it's here. It's not going anywhere. So instead of, you know, turning it into this big monster, just join it, join mm. in, and have a conversation with your children. Educate your children. Etiquette, I think, is a great word for this. You're right. I think there there has to be an etiquette on, about you know on how we mm. we interact on social media. It's happening more in schools, mm. but we
4: need to do it at home also. And and the mean, the, the sort of meanness in children online is also in the minority but it has a big voice. Yeah. In the same way in the adult world troll there's not that many people who are really mean trolling but they seem to be everywhere because yeah. they're the ones sitting on their own in their little home all day mm. being mean to people online. Mm. And you know it's you know when we search the internet we, as adults we can we, you can see I say my patients they've googled something and it's it's always you know when it, when it's not a professional website it's always the comments from people who just spend a lot of time mm. online sort of saying negative things about whether it's a medication or whether mm. it's a treatment or whether it's, you know... Um, yeah, and with children, I would worry about them.
3: Yeah. You know, why? Why all this negativity? You know, do we need to support this child who's trolling? Mm. Mm. And the issue is, is that, you know, they're in a world where there are no adults to monitor, mm. and all this is happening. We can't necessarily see where the need is and where, the, where we need to bring in the support, where the bullying is happening... And I think another important aspect in this in terms of education is just as we do with face-to-face bullying, we need to empower the bystander, you know, because a lot of this trolling happens, it happens in public forums you know a lot of people are seeing what you're saying to this person or and you know you're posting a picture of them there are other people so let's empower them to also do something Mm. whether it's reporting it to an adult hey this is happening online you don't know because you're not in this group Mm. but you need to know Mm. or don't say that to that but you know really giving them a voice Mm. so we need to educate the bystander also
2: (laughs) you're right back to you know i look at ben looking through his instagram and he'll have like Five hundred comments about a TV program he's done that have all been great. One comment that says "hate it, it's rubbish." Not not a valid criticism at all. That's the one thing he's remembered. Yeah. You know, he's forty six, yeah. and he finds that that's the one that stands out. What about mm. our children who are hypersensitive to any kind of criticism? Mm. They're going to take all these negative mm. comments to heart. Mm-hmm. And actually, I mean, this sort of leads me on to another question, but. One of the things that really seems to be impacted by social media is a lower sense of self-esteem, which Mm. is already a little bit rocky in children. It's the time when you are sort of a bit more vulnerable. Are you noticing that, Chiara, in your practice, that children's self-esteem, now that they have access to social media, is taking a bit of a battering?
4: I think I do see that but I see it in lots of different ways and I think it's often not just self-esteem but self-identity and self-esteem within those different identities that they have created for themselves so they might be actually really self-confident really confident and 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 have a good sense of self-worth in their immediate family and immediate friends but maybe not in their online character that Mm. they have and that you know that does cross over and that does start to produce symptoms of anxiety or even mood problems as they get older so I definitely I do see that and I think I think it's just very difficult to have a good sense of self-esteem when like you say one little comment Mm. can be something that going around your head all day. Well not Mm. even a comment but if everyone's photos are doctored
2: yeah and and then you look at your legs and you think (laughs) well they're not as long as anyone else's legs Mm. you know I remember feeling so insecure about how I looked and my body shape and I feel that if you know, and that was in, you know, I was at a school where there were 30 people in my year and I compared myself to them. If suddenly, you know, these children have 500 people that they're following mm-hmm. or even more sometimes, suddenly it's 500 people mm-hmm. who they're comparing themselves mm-hmm. to, who often they've never seen in real life. And they're saying, well, why aren't my lips? I mean, maybe that is the reason that there is suddenly such a prolific use of cosmetic surgery mm-hmm. in young people that they're all sort of after this weird sort of Pouty lip, you know, thing that I really yeah. don't get. What do you think, Leah? Are you, is this no, something that you see? No, I think you're see? right, and
3: you know, you know, a number of years ago we were worried about oh the models are being photoshopped in magazines. Well, now it's not the models out there; it's your fr- your colleague, you know, your your peer in class is photoshopping themselves, you know, and and so you're comparing yourself to somebody who's right there in your circle. So I think that's that's really really hard, and it almost feels to me like it, you know, they're like little politicians and this is their campaign and you know you're going to mm. put your you're going to present a certain persona of yourself you know wherever, you know you're happy and you're this and you're that and 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 you get you know the the, the poll numbers are right there as likes you know and you get that direct they're running, a campaign, they're running a, campaign, yeah. a campaign to be liked a campaign to be liked absolutely and now what what's really important to them isn't so much you know what kind of person you are it's what do you look like and that's what that's your value and how many likes do you get and it so how
4: can we how can we help them? I know we've said a mirror ourselves, mm, yes. you know, do, try and do as we would like them to do, and I think that is really important. But what about what about access? What is there? A, well, is I there think a... let's
2: go back to self esteem because actually, the, if if we're looking at the self esteem issue and social media is is damaging their self esteem, what can we do as parents to build their self? esteem Is there anything we can do? I don't know enough about self esteem mm. and how it is how you can grow that part of the brain.
3: Mm. Do you have any tips, Leah? <laughs> yeah, I mean. I think all of these, you know, what what the children are using to try and, and build their sense of self-confidence, which is not really working, is to get external validation. Yeah. And so as parents, it's really easy to do that to say, wow, look at, you know, you did so well in maths and look how well you're doing in dance. And, you know, it's all quite external. Oh, I love, you know, you draw so well and we all mean well, you know, and that's the way. We were praised also, but I think really deepening that and and trying to step away from this external validation and just bring it back to connection, because that's what's really missing for them is this intimate connection of, I value you for who you are. It doesn't matter what you look like, how you perform, how you do things, I value my time with you. And it's about, I think, spending more time with our children, putting all of our phones away, having that quality time, and just at the end of it, just saying, gosh, I just... Really enjoyed spending this time with you and getting to know you, and being interested and curious in our children. I think that's it seems simple, but that kind of
4: play with their friends from an early age, Mm. so that they can start to develop those kind of, like you say, intimate relationships that don't involve external validation. Yeah,
2: and also, I suppose promoting their focus on things that they feel that they're really good at. Mm -hmm. I was talking to the headmistress of my children's school the other day, and she said please don't make your children do clubs or extra activities because you want to do them if they're learning the guitar it should be absolutely because they want to do Mm. it not because you want them to do it and so finding the thing that they really enjoy doing and that they feel that they are good at whatever it is even Mm. if it's something that you have no sort of knowledge of and sort of encouraging that because then that means that they kind of are proud of themselves for what they can do Mm -hmm. and how they're thinking rather than how what they look like which is ultimately you know social media is a lot about how how you are presented skin deep it's all about the photo isn't it mm-hmm. it's all about the image as opposed to the sort of sentiment
4: mm-hmm. i had a i had a a patient the other day who was telling me about his son and he said he'd really reflected because his son had been doing not that well in school and, and then he'd really wanted to take up the drums and his father was a bit dismissive of it. He's like, "What well, you know, why well, do you just focus on your maths? And, you know, but it just didn't really get involved. He took up the drums. And he came to me, and said, I went to see him perform and mm. he is amazing. Mm. And I stepped back and I thought, you know, I've, this is what I need to encourage. Mm. You know, yes, of course, he has to do his maths and his English and his science, but he's really good at drums and he loves drums and mm. I need to encourage that in him. Mm. And that was really nice to hear.
3: Yes, and to give him that feedback and say, yeah. gosh, watching." you really enjoy it has yeah. filled me up with yeah. joy too yeah. you know and That's going to be really, really important. I think you're right to to find what it is that they really love. And and again, part of that is be curious about your children. You know, really get to know them. Ask them questions rather than constantly telling them what you want them to do. Mm -hmm. And this is the same with, you know, gaming, social media. Don't make it the enemy. Join them. Sit down and and play with them. Whether it's Fortnite, you know, whatever it is. Sit down and play. Get to know what it's like. And ask them, what does it bring to you? How do you feel when you play it? What's difficult? You know, just have those regular conversations stations there's something called tech tuesday it's a doctor actually and a parent who started who created this documentary called screen ages and she encourages you to have a tech tuesday talk every tuesday at dinner and the family open up a, a conversation on a specific topic around the internet, technology, social media mm. and just have a conversation where you don't have all the answers as the adult but you're just discussing because I don't have the answers.
4: Well, you may be learning <laughs> from
3: them. You
2: should be learning from
3: absolutely. them. Absolutely, absolutely.
2: I mean, obviously, we've talked about all the sort of negatives of social media. I mean, the other thing is that on Instagram, which is the social media platform that I'm on, so I know most about it, there are some amazing accounts to follow. I mean, that's the other mm. thing. It's not just, you know, look at me and look at my augmented breast and on the you know me on the most amazing holiday that I'm on again there are some incredibly <laughs> inspirational thought-provoking wise accounts I mean I've done a lot around baby loss on this podcast and actually in that world where you feel so alone after you've lost a baby there are some incredible accounts on there and I suppose it's also then having a conversation with your child about what are you following because actually it could be that if, if it's well curated your Instagram use so is, is great exactly and maybe it starts a passion or even mm. you know it could be aesthetic it could be architecture or interiors mm. or mm. wildlife yeah. or photography mm-hmm. exactly and so it actually <laughs> doesn't necessarily mean that it's sort of you know just because your child's got a sort of Instagram thing it doesn't mean that they're walking away from it feeling less valid mm-hmm. and less uh, less of a good person mm. and I suppose that is something that you also show your, you don't just follow your friends I mean, I've got so many friends who say uh, I'm off social media because actually I was finding that the people I was following, it just didn't make me feel happy. Mm -hmm. I came off social media. Every time I came off it, I just felt a bit, dissatisfied with what Mm. I've got and and actually then some people said it's not that i gone got off social media but I stopped following my friends because actually Mm. I see the friends that I want to see and actually it's all about an architecture Mm. thing that I follow or inspiration for I don't know parties or Mm. whatever it is
3: clothes it's so important to remember that positive aspect of it and I think it's it's helping the children and the teenagers understand they have a choice you know, that they can choose how they use it. And again, educating them, help them make those decisions. It's about, okay, scroll through your account and just connect with your body. How does your body feel when you see this post? Is it making you feel really tense? Is it making you feel really horrible about yourself? Or is it, is it, you know, nourishing you, and you get really excited and follow your body. It's giving you cues, you know. And if it, if it's depleting you of your energy, if you're feeling really tense, then unfollow whether it's somebody you know or you don't, and then you can start to really curate. You know, your 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 account. Well, and I advice think it's, we as adults could all take as absolutely well. Absolutely, yeah. A
2: cull yeah. of our Instagram account. People yeah. do that. People have like a sort of yeah. like a Tech Tuesday. There's a sort of. I don't know, culling Friday. (laughs) (laughs) But they do, you know, I have plenty of friends who say, yeah, you know what, I'm not going to... I mean, I think ultimately, it's about getting your child to think and think deeply about, you know, the impact enable them to interpret what they might be mm. seeing on social media so that they can have the confidence to unfollow or to be like, oh, that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. One of the things I've been doing recently with my children is reading them a book called Big Ideas for Curious Minds. Mm. And it's an introduction to philosophy for children. But it's beautifully Amazing. written. And it is so... It's thought-provoking, yeah. but it's, 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 it is really well-articulated so that children... It's really simple language. And actually, these ideas are pretty simple, but often the sort of word philosophy is just like, ooh, yeah. my brain can't, yeah. can't compute that. And I was reading it with my children last night, and it was a really lovely opportunity to talk, because it talks about your feelings and why we interpret things in different ways, and also giving them the confidence to ask why. And that might be, you know, talking about why, why is your friend behaving this way? Is it mm-hmm. because they don't like you? Or is it because there's something else going on? Mm-hmm. So the difference between interpreting something and scratching skin deep or probing a little bit more mm-hmm. deeply and finding the root cause. And it was so interesting because we could then discuss stuff that had happened in all our lives mm. that had made us behave a certain way, but maybe the, the actual reason was slightly different. And it was a really lovely wow. way to kind of teach them how to do that. Yeah, and we were in the reflecting. car had a
4: conversation today where, where we were talking about uh, there's a little boy who's kicking people in the playground or something and the ch- ch- child was saying, why, you know, is that so mean? And I said, well, actually... Let's think about why. Why do you think he might be doing that? Is mm. he sad about something? Is mm. there something that you wanted to maybe ask him about? And it's sort of starting to think a bit more about you know, underlying behaviours you know, and is, encouraging them. And
3: this is so important. I think you can start from such a young age you know just to encourage that reflection let's imagine into somebody else's experience that's empathy you know that that's Mm. going to prevent other people from that's going to prevent your child from engaging in bullying because they're already programmed to Mm. you know reflect into other people's experiences and then reflecting it helps them to reflect on their own and connect on a deeper level with themselves so we're moving away from this superficial way of connecting with others and ourselves and really deepening that Mm. and I think I think those things can sit side by side I don't think we need to get rid of of social media I think there's a lot that we can do on this side so that we can I mean use is it well.
2: when is it appropriate would you say Leah that you should be letting your children have social media accounts because I do see on the one hand it's probably worth trying to delay it as much as possible if you can keep your children as innocent which you will kind of want mm. that but enjoying the simple things in life before mm. life starts to get complicated which it does pretty early on and then you've got the rest of the life to you know, have that those complications but at the same time you don't want your ch- child to be the only one in the class yeah. who's not allowed the Instagram account because ultimately that's not going to help their
4: well, social so interaction their, either so much of their social interaction happens that way you, we, I think you can't say it's just yeah. you're not allowed it it's like you know it's like in our generation saying you're never allowed to go on the tube on your own till you're 18 well you know mm. that's not teaching your child or how drink. to drink or you know have a sip of alcohol exactly
3: mm. gosh it's such a tough one so many layers so many <laughs> to layers. this yeah. <laughs> I think definitely I would recommend delaying it for as long as possible and then kind of drip drip a little bit at a time and really monitor it at first until you slowly pull away that I wouldn't recommend a specific age because it depends on the child it depends on the circle they're in it depends on you and your own values mm. and how you'd like them to use it but I think it's you know at first maybe you can do it in stages at first maybe it's a phone because I know for safety reasons you know especially in in bigger cities larger cities children are traveling on their own a bit more and you know, it does feel safer for parents and children to know that there is a phone in case they need to get in touch. Yeah, but a
2: phone is very different to a supercomputer, which yeah. the iPhone is. You yeah. know, we call them a phone, but I mean, I use the phone mode of my phone yeah. the, probably the least. The least. yeah <laughs> It's everything else yeah. that I use it for. But
3: I think start with that when they're young, yeah. pho- um, and then a telephone
4: that's just a telephone. It's just, a telephone. just yeah. a
3: telephone. They can only make specific calls, monitor it. You know, they may be able to text, and so maybe every evening have a chat. You know, and, and say how was it? Did you receive any text? Did day how was it to receive it how did you you know know what to write back you know just really again reflect and encourage and this this skill of reflection and then slowly build up to okay now you can use a phone that has access to internet Mm. and then it's up to you to figure out whether you want to have access to that or not yourself i think you've got to be really careful because the child has a right to their privacy but at the same time you want to make sure that it's used safely Mm. so it's a it's a tricky one but i would say do it in stages well we teach our children to cross the road
2: we teach them to wash their hair and have sort of basic personal hygiene but we don't really ever think about teaching them mm. to navigate social media. So I wonder whether maybe you say, listen, why don't we set you up with an Instagram account, but let's do it together and let's, let's think together about yeah. the kind of people you'd like to follow. So it's not just, just everyone in your class at school. Let's think about this as a, you know, something that actually could be way more rewarding and mm. we could follow the Lego Instagram or you could follow the, <laughs> whatever it is, you know, whatever singer you want to follow, but also then you're talking about what's appropriate and inappropriate and, 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 I mean one of my friends said that you know her daughter had an Instagram account which was really innocent and sweet but she started she's a gymnast and there were a couple of photos on there which were sort of basically verging on inappropriate and they Mm. weren't posted in an inappropriate way because she was a young naive girl Mm. but her parent it was actually the aunt I think that alerted her said have you seen what she's just posted because that's I really Mm. don't think and the parents hadn't even thought about the fact that she shouldn't have an open Instagram account that it should be a closed Instagram Mm. account and so I suppose setting them up and sort of teaching them you know the basics of
4: it so Mm. that you're then equipping them to make hopefully and most trying of the right to position. travel the journey with them for as long as they'll let you. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and, and not being too draconian about your monitoring of it because that's mm-hmm. where you see so quickly the children just, just you know, shut the curtains yeah. and, and they they find other ways. They will always find ways of doing what they want to do on social yeah. media once they get to a certain age because yeah. they become way more tech savvy than their parents mm. very, very quickly.
3: I think, you know, to go with both of your metaphors, really, it's about holding their hand through it at mm. first, just as you would when you cross the street at first to hold in your child's to hand. Yeah, you do. And and this is this is that stage. And I think that we need to not skip that stage. It's a really important one. Hold their hand through it exactly the way that you've both described it. I would say if they're on any platform, you join that platform so that you can understand also how it's being used. You understand the language, etc. And then you've got to also give your child the benefit of the doubt and show that you trust them eventually so that we're making sure that we're not breaking that that relationship between you and your child either. So yes, you know, at first maybe be a follower. Then if they ask that you not follow, then to have a conversation about it. And,
2: and think of a way where you can follow them <laughs> and they can't <laughs> see that you're following <laughs> no, them. No, not that. <laughs> no, because that again presents, you know, if it's suddenly all suddenly sort of media, you can be, child. yeah,
4: exactly. Mm-hmm. But if That's the opportunity- okay. Imagine, no. if you have to put yourself, you know, would you- yeah happy at, at 14 to have your mother knowing everything that you were posting or saying of course not even whatever mm-hmm. however great your relationship with your mother is yeah just, there's there's a time where you don't want her to well, know but also as yeah. parents
2: there's stuff that you shouldn't be knowing yeah there
3: really isn't yeah you know. and that's where yeah and i and i think that's where again we need to have a conversation. Uh, with the with the child with a young person about well what would it be like if i didn't you Mm. know and and for you to to know that also to trust that you've done enough you've Mm. parented your child well enough Mm. to to make those decisions on their own and that they can come to you if they have an issue they find and i think that
2: is key actually to sort of say listen you'll probably see stuff online at some point in your life that upsets you or scares you. Or scares you. And like, that's not that you've messed up. Mm-hmm. It Actually, you know, it's the internet. It just does that. But the mm. most important thing is is to come and talk to someone about it. And actually, I was talking to this guy who does sort of internet safety talks. And he said, if you walk into your room and you're seeing, a, you see your child looking at something they absolutely shouldn't, your instinct will be to be like, what the mm. hell is that? What are you looking at? He <laughs> said, it's the worst thing you can do. What you need to do is step out of the room, take three deep breaths, mm. calm down, and then say to your child, you know, let's talk about this. Because most of the time, they didn't act, it's something popped up. Mm. And if you then freak out, they then interpret that they're in trouble. And then that means that we next time it happens. you are going to feel guilty. Yeah. yeah. And then the next time that happens, they, they won't come to you. Yeah. Whereas if you say, listen, we've all seen stuff that, is really upsetting that's just a part of life as if walking down the street but I really want you to be able to come to me and talk to me and we can think about how you can not see that or how you can process Mm. that and to know to make them feel confident that you're not going to blame them and get cross with them for Mm. messing up if they have because they will all see inappropriate stuff
3: yeah and it's making me think about you know how hard it is for a parent actually because you know what the phone symbolises really there's so much in there because for the the parent it's oh you are now um, away, en- away from me enough that you'll need a phone, right? So you're having to let go of your child and all the anxiety and the fear that comes with that. And it's what we might call a transitional object, a bit like a a comfort blanket or a, a teddy bear, secure blanket, security blanket. And the phone's kind of become that. You know, even for us, we know we're okay. If we've got our phone. Think about how we feel when our phone is lost, stolen. You know, out without or it. Without yeah. it, you feel really panicky, and the phone is there to you know, to help us stay connected to our children at a time when it's developmentally appropriate for them to separate from us. So they're getting some security knowing that they can contact you. You know they can get in touch with you. So I think it's highly symbolic. And also, you know, we're we're headed, even online, we're headed into unknown territory and it's unfamiliar. But our phone is there as a sanctuary also for us. You know, when we're feeling anxious in a a social situation and especially our children, if they're in a large group and they're on their own, they're going to look down their phone and that Mm. helps them to regulate themselves actually and so again there's a positive helpful aspect to the phones it's serving us well in many situations but it's a double-edged sword because it equally can really can really harm Mm. um so we we, i think we really need need to hold all those things in mind when we're thinking about it
4: it's not easy
3: no, it's not it's easy. really not. And it's there's
4: like, no right or wrong answer. No, and we'll all get it wrong. Do all
2: parents are sort of Thank God, our parents had it easy. <laughs> you know, social media wasn't even invented. And then we just sort of frolicked in the woods and were like innocent for ages. And now there's this whole new facet of online and social media that we're having, which is almost like the biggest, it feels like one of the biggest threats to our children, the yeah. biggest things that they're going to have yeah. to overcome.
3: And I think for us too, I think it, it can feel really overwhelming because we don't understand it the research we don't have enough data yet to find out there is you know what the actual impact it's having on us it's just through observations and what we know Mm. And, you know, it freaks me out
2: because, you know, when people say you'll see shocking stuff online, this is stuff that I've never seen. I mean, Mm. like my Instagram account is all sort of interiors and (laughs) puppies. Like, I know that there's stuff that my children will see that I can't even, you know, it's it's, it's almost like that sort of ogre under the bed that is almost more scary because you haven't seen it. Mm. Anyway, this has been such a great chat. (laughs) Thank you, Leah. Thank you, Kiara. Thank you. Um, I hope this has given everyone the opportunity to reflect how we can support our children and not be too scared of it. Thank you all for listening to another episode of The Parenthood. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate and review us. It really does help boost us in the iTunes charts and means we can record more episodes. You can also follow me on Instagram. I'm at Marina.Fogel. But in the meantime, from Leah and Kiara and me, many thanks for listening
4: and goodbye. Bye.